Hey, welcome back to the last shot, the last cast for the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO FM 94.1, 104.7, the KFGO mobile app, and don't forget KFGO.com. As always, I want to remind you that you can email me, OutdoorsLive at gmail.com. You can text Outdoors to 35270. I may not get it immediately, but I will get it and I will respond. Uh, still to come on the weekend edition of Outdoors Live, we're going to get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're also going to get you a podcast. Extra with Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, you listen to Gone Outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings, but not everybody can listen at 11 o'clock. Not everybody can catch the podcast. So appreciate being able to bring you a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. But first, Pat Stockton is an award-winning outdoors communicator. She connects with hunters, anglers, bait shops, motels, resorts to give us a better idea of what people are finding or not finding outdoors. Pat Stockdale, take it away. Thanks, Doug. Elsewhere around North Dakota, I hope everyone had an enjoyable Thanksgiving. And even though it's a little chillier than it has been earlier in November, it's still nice enough for people to head to the great outdoors. Granted, there isn't a lot of fishing going on because that nice weather continues curtailing fishable ice over on lakes. But it means the weather's still great for some late-season pheasant hunting. Plus, in areas with lingering waterfall, there's still time to get a goose. But back to fishing. Weather permitting, a handful of anglers were still on Devil's Lake earlier in the week. Not many, but some were still out along the bridges and a few other locations. They found some nice fall walleye activity for their efforts, too. Other than that, about the only other activity was in the midsection of Lake Sakakawea, where another handful of anglers enjoying the lingering autumn weather also found fair to good fall walleye success. They were working the Van Hook Arm, as well as what locals call a river, but actually it's the narrower part of Lake Sakakawea, north and south of Newtown. Try the spillway channel below Garrison Dam in the Missouri River Tailrace for walleye, too. That remains about the best activity in the tail race, with just an occasional walleye from shore and the wing walls. The bottom line is fishing is largely on hold until ice over. In the meantime, when it comes to hunting, there are still limited waterfall numbers in areas with open water in central North Dakota and around Devil's Lake, as well as some diving ducks on the open water of Devil's Lake itself. Look for fair numbers of Canada geese, with some light geese remaining along the east end of the Missouri River system. And there's good numbers of Canada geese along the river itself. Pheasant hunters, well, they're still finding birds in pockets. And the deer hunters, um, the deer numbers are down this year. Probably fair success overall. So appreciate being able to bring Pat Stockdale to you with our Central Dakota Outdoors report. Read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. You can find her in many other publications nationally and across the upper Midwest. Pat Stockdale, an award-winning outdoors communicator with our Central Dakota Outdoors report. Hey, now the last cast, the last shot. It's Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri from Brewer and Agri Gone Outdoors. It's our podcast extra. And what we're talking about is... Uh, cougars in the state of Minnesota. So we got Dan Stark. He is a Minnesota DNR large carnivore specialist. Uh, Dan, welcome to Gone Outdoors. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what started this uh, fascination with me, probably about a month ago, we caught a cougar on our trail cameras. 
we're on our hunting land where we hunt uh, just north of Bemidji. We've never, you know, actually got a photo of one before. We've heard of sightings of one here or there. And when you go on social media, uh, there's a lot of people on like the Minnesota hunting pages where they're seeing cougars on their trail cameras. Occasionally somebody will say they see one from a stand, which if you see one from a stand, it's, it is what it is. Um, but if you get a trail camera photo or a real camera photo, you can actually send it into the DNR and they can confirm, deny, possibly, depending on the quality of it. Um, so that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it a little bit. There's a lot of questions around cougars in Minnesota. So obviously there are cougars in Minnesota. Um, one question I have is, are they living? Are there any that you know that are making homes in Minnesota? Are they set, set up residents in Minnesota or are they just traveling through? Well, this year kind of stands out um, for the number of uh, trail camera photos that we've, we've gotten from, from people submitting them to us. You know, all over the state, we've gotten a number of reports and ranging, you know, from Otter Tail County and Clearwater County, kind of in the northwest, down to Lincoln County, just, you know, across the border from Brookings, um, Dodge County, just west of Rochester, down in the southeast, and then Aitken County and uh, kind of the north central the east central part of the state and then St. Louis County, which is the northeast from Duluth to Ely. You know, I don't know that we're approaching the record number of, you know, these different observations that we've had. I think a couple of years ago we had about sixteen. But we're getting pretty close. And it it just seems like we're I d I don't know what how to explain it, but there certainly is a number of them out there roaming the state. There's still no evidence that we have a breeding population in Minnesota. There's, you know, in order for there to be a breeding population, there has to be females, um, and there has to be reproduction, and they have to be established, and there has to be consistent sightings and observations that can be repeated in an area because once they set up a territory, they're likely not going to leave. They're going to be there um, and not roam around like, you know, these cats do that show up on a camera. And then, you know, seem to move off and, and it's, um, it's still pretty rare. Um, but it, you know, it's exciting and interesting when people do see them. It's, it's, uh, it's a unique observation and we haven't had them here, you know, in, in recent times and nobody's experienced living with them. So I think it does get, get people talking about it and a little, little excited about it. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting topic. And, I guess the question I have, Dan, would be, you know, if people do have what they think could be a, a cougar on a trail cam picture, to send it in, is that a, is that a service that, that you do to folks just to, to, you know, help them identify it? Or are you looking to collect that information and would encourage people to send that in? Yeah, we, we are interested in, you know, collecting that information to document those occurrences. Um, and just to kind of see if there's patterns in different places in the state, because, um, maybe that'll, that'll give us, you know, enough information that we can go out there and find evidence that they're there in addition to just the photos. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because, 
you know, it's been a, a number of years, but we had a pretty unique circumstance where a cougar showed up in the metro area, the Twin Cities metro area, was first documented on a police dash cam. Um, and then we had reports of it about, you know, 10 miles from there, a couple of days later, we went out and visited that site. We picked up a, a scat, you know, one of their droppings. And from that, we were able to collect the, the DNA. Um, and then that cat was also detected in four or five different places in Wisconsin over a, a several month, you know, time frame. Wow. Based on the genetics. And then a year and a half later, was hit by a car in Connecticut. Really? Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, not only from the genetics can we say it's the same cat and see that movement, you can also trace it to what the likely source population is. And this one um, was most likely from the Black Hills. Hmm. So, you know, straight line distance from the Black Hills to where it, where it met its fate was 1,800 miles. It just shows the remarkable ability of those cats to, to go across the landscape. And, you know, as a young male, um, I think when it was hit, it was, you know, somewhere around 110 to 120 pounds. And we've had a number of cats now, I think four that have been hit by cars since 2009. They've all been males. A couple other that have, that have been found dead in Minnesota for, for different reasons that were males. All the genetics trace back to those, you know, cats in the Western Dakotas. Mm. And that's where the closest source population is in the Western North Dakota, the Black Hills and, and Northwestern Nebraska. Males tend to travel further than females because a, a male, you know, is, uh, is going to have a larger territory, breed with multiple fem- females, might cover an area about the, you know, the size of what five females would. And they push the males out. And so those younger males get kind of kicked out and take off. And they're out there searching for an area that's unoccupied and has females. And until they find a female, they're going to likely keep moving. Huh. That's super, super interesting, Dan. Obviously, like I, like we started out here, we got to wrap up here, up here soon. Uh, obviously, there are some in Minnesota. It's my opinion that the reason why you're getting more reports of them why you might break a record this year of how many reports are turned in is because of trail cameras and because of technology, uh, they're getting a lot better, taking a lot better pictures. There's a lot more people out there using them. I think that's where a lot of, there's just a lot more people out there taking photos, getting those photos. So then there's going to be more photos of, of the cougars. I would add, we're not as likely to just look and verify that it's a cougar because there's enough resources out there now that people can identify the animal and know pretty well. The technology is better than it was 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, the cameras are, are better and people set them up where, where they're getting good images of what they're seeing. It's, it's not as much we're looking at it to identify what it is, but we just, you know, want to verify the location and, and have the information to document where they're, where they're showing up in the state. For all you Minnesota guys, if you see anything out there, Send it to the DNR um, so that they can get more information and that way we can all learn about this together over the next number of years. Dan, we appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, there you go. The last shot, the last cast for the weekend edition of Outdoors Live. I appreciate Scotty Brewer, Kyle Agri, Pat Stockdale, the Central Coast Outdoors Report. Don't forget, podcast available at kfjoe.com, also Outdoors News, blogs uh, at kfjoe.com on the Outdoors Live blog page. You can email me, outdoorslive at gmail.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the mighty 790 KFGO, FM 94.1, 104.7, kfjoe.com, the KFGO mobile app. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.